Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. It's being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and the Checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. Thanks to Bryce Duskett filling in for me last week as I was on vacation. An interesting week to say the least, even with a shortened week because of the holiday. We kind of got two holidays smashed together coming up with the 4th of July just around the corner. But looking at these markets, is there big concerns with the markets happening? And are we seeing some grains that are doing okay, others that might be having some trouble. We're also going to take a look at some of these November beans, and we've got two great, amazing experts that'll be joining us today as we talk about that and a whole lot more on today's edition. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines and it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back as we bring onto the screen, as you can see, Darren Fry joins us. He is with Water Street Advisories and Sue Martin with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And I tell you, if I was ever going to have the opportunity to talk soybeans, I got the A-team today as we bring both of you on the screen. And, and Darren, I want to start out with you because this morning you sent out a November soybean daily chart. And I wanted to talk about that first because you told your subscribers they need to keep this chart on hand. Yeah, I really think that soybeans and soybean oil have topped. I don't know if it's a long-term top or just for the immediate future, but we know weather plays a big part as we get into late July and August, and we do need to have a soybean crop here. But I, I don't know why, but beans and oil both have, have unfolded impulsively from the highs, and corn has not done that, and wheat has not done that yet. Uh, wheat's on the cusp of having a problem, I think, if it gets a lot deeper, but corn still looks good. But beans have unfolded uh, to the downside. I've called a top in those markets, at least for this year. We'll see what happens, but uh, that chart looks really bearish to me. We'll have rallies to sell, but I think the high could be in place in soybeans. Sue, you and I talked earlier this week as well. This has been an interesting week, to say the least, for the soybeans. Maybe they made a little bit of uh, happiness on a Friday, but still, it was a big struggle. Well, it is. Um, you know, it was the uh, crude oil and the soy oil that was uh, putting support under soybeans and allowing that market to rally to 1784. But, you know, the all-time high of 1794 and three quarters from 2012, uh, you know, anytime you have a, a wide-based uh, 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 top like that, you know, 10 years in between, uh, naturally the bears are going to uh, look to sell it, especially when you're entering into June. Uh, which is a time of the year so many times around the 24th week of the year or before we'll put a high in. So I think you've seen a lot of selling, a lot of puts being bought. And of course, um, you know, that way they were getting their foot in the door being short and the risk is low if it took out the highs. Uh, but we've got that top in place. The market has set back, you know, pretty sharply over $2.00. And um, not that beans can't do a bigger one than that and then turn around and rally back. But the beans are looking also at an Elliott Wave potential five high here just above the market and above our highs that we had. So it's very possible that we do have a peak in the market for 2022, but um, I'm not so sure about uh, 
I know I don't feel like our eyes are in for this whole uh, situation or scenario. I think that uh, we're lo also looking at a market here that uh, on soy meal looks cheap to me on this break. Um, when you compare it to the price of corn and what wheat has been, I just think meal looks very cheap, but it could still get a little cheaper. So I'm curious then, um, you and I and Darren were talking before this program even started about what's left in the country. Is there a lot of grain left sitting out there that folks are holding on to hoping for some higher money? Well, I think there could be uh, because I certainly listening to my clients and we've got them spread out, you know, through Iowa, Illinois, um, Missouri, um, down into on, over into Nebraska and the Dakotas and Minnesota. And I keep catching these comments that it just sounds like there's some left. And sometimes a few of them, you know, share that they might just have a little more than I think. Um, even in corn, I really see that. I've got some clients who had corn on hand, they had been storing two to three years crops. And um, They've let go, but they still have one year's crop already still stored. I mean, the 21, 22 crop still in the bins. And uh, they feel that it's going to pay them to store it and carry it another year. So, Darren, do you think, is there some nervousness maybe going on and some concerns with this market as you look at the big picture? Well, I think the recession talks this week is really what collapsed the beans and cotton market and copper's headed lower. And. So you get some of these recessionary talks and, you know, we know the world central banks came out, raised interest rates. And of course, the feds have been doing that, taking money supply away and tightening up the balance sheet. And when you do that, you you try to tame down this inflationary move and and put a top in commodities. And so if you look at what the euro dollar has been doing and uh, it's pricing in at least a 4% interest and maybe it has to even go to six before it's all over. But that's going to have an effect on the overall economy and overall commodity prices. Um, so I think that was more of how the funds decided to liquidate. And they've been getting out of some of our markets for the last month. We've seen their positions reduced, but I think they really accelerated them this week. So is wheat in trouble? I mean, we've seen some interesting marketings and, and concerns with trying to get a crop grown this year. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just can't believe it fundamentally. I mean, the chart is still holding on, but I don't want to see the chart start to accelerate to the downside. But, you know, talking with a lot of my European contacts and over into the Black Sea area, uh, a lot of people harvesting barley and wheat, the, the yields are going to be down. And we know we've had some problems with spring wheat and probably an acreage, you know, reduction up there. But but also just how good the, the hard red winter wheat crop will be when we're all said and done. And so, I would think with that, along with Russia, Ukraine, the whole Black Sea disruption of logistics and supply, uh, I don't know how you'd make um, a top here yet. I think you got to have one more move up. And if you combine that with, you know, a drought scare in July for corn pollination, I would certainly think that would be supportive corn for wheat. Sue, I see you kind of shaking your head in agreement as we talk about the craziness of this Black Sea region. Well, I think so, too. And I think that... Um, as we go forward, uh, WASI is probably going to increase production in that region. But uh, weather is a little apprehensive also. It's not really being conducive to good production in parts of Europe and, you know, Romania and, and uh, uh, Slovakia. And, you know, even in the Ukrainian area, um, there's talk that the weather is uh, not as conducive to good production as it could be. 
Um, you know, and then you look at uh, France and wheat and uh, Germany and Italy, they're having their share of issues for weather with wheat. So I tend to think that we're looking at markets. I guess the big thing for me is, is that underneath all of this, uh, we are so global and this is such a huge thing. I don't think inflation is going to get tamed. I think we're just a, a heartbeat away from pushing something even greater than what we um, have seen. And we can never say never in these markets because who would have ever dreamed that crude oil could go sub zero and went $40 below zero. Things can happen that you just don't believe you've ever seen or would ever happen. But I think that with the world's um, importers not carrying uh, supplies up their hand to mouth and they're still hand to mouth and they don't have, they haven't had the chance to even get to where they could have build up reserves. And they got in some of those countries, they got to build the reserve facilities. Um, so I think that we're in a situation where you start to put any weather situations in here, which we've got to get into July to start doing. And all of a sudden, the, one of the world's largest exporters, boy, it becomes a big concern. And then what happens if you come back to Brazil and Argentina, and all of a sudden they're back into another weather issue because they've only had one calendar year of an issue. Um, it, I just think that we're a heartbeat away from more inflation than we've seen. And we've never seen hyperinflation in this country. Could that happen? Um, it's scary. But I tell you what, I just don't think we're even remotely close yet. Um, this, these markets have, are, you know, um, you take energy and food and all these countries, you know, they expect their governments to take care of them. And the governments are doing that. And when you have that going on, you're going to have riots around the world. We've already seen some of that. But I think it could just surprise us as to how much more this could happen. And even in the U.S., you know, we're probably one of the calmest places if you could say that these days but um i just i, I don't know i i don't want to get too bared up but i do tend to agree with darren that um you know i look at the bean market with that double top corn don't think we i think there's still room there um and i look at wheat and you know that one uh could just kill some time here and then surprise us as to how strong because those are your major food items uh, that are happening and we need to watch rice stocks around the world too. Well, as we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, we've got about a minute left and I wanted to ask Darren, uh, looking at a report coming out here next week, that's the June 30th stock report, what type of prep do we need to do as producers? Well, I think you need to probably have puts under the soybean market, just the way the chart looks and you know, I talked to a lot of growers up in the Northern Plains and upper Midwest. I just think we planted more beans up there. Uh, we stopped planting corn, it got so late. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see a few more bean acres. I don't know about the stocks on beans, but on corn, uh, the way the base has been the Western Corn Belt, I just wonder if we really had a 177 last year. I mean, it just doesn't pass the smell test when you see how strong we've been in June. So I'm kind of looking for bullish corn and maybe bearish beans in the next week. And it'll definitely be interesting because we got a lot of replant going on across the Midwest. Uh, thanks to both of you for joining us this week. Thank, Thank you. And of course, just want to remind folks, as always, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff.